Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. It's great to see you here today, everybody. All bundled up. You look prepared. <laughs> Yesterday, I was in South Dallas. I drove down. Uh, we, had, we always have early Christmas with my parents, so my brother comes, down, comes up from Austin, and my sister and brother-in-law, we all come, and we usually meet a week or so before Christmas and have our holler Christmas together. And so we were doing that up in southern Oklahoma and then drove down to Dallas. Uh, we had to drop a, a girl off at Christ for the Nations, a student that spent Christmas with us. And when I got to Dallas, my car temperature said 81 degrees. And when we went home last night from an, an event we were having, it, was, it said 32. And then I got it this morning. 16 degrees. This needs to stop right now. Huh? Let's bring that Texas heat back up. That's what we need. But because you know, I have to I have to admit to you, you know, this is one of the one of the worries of a pastor. That you know, you always hope people show up for one thing. Because you know, I've prepared a message and I hope to have people to but when this happens, you get up and it's freezing cold, and you think, oh, I wonder how attendance is going to be. But you came. You must, you must really like the preaching here or, or, the, or just like seeing other people, whatever. I'm going to take the credit for it and think it's because of the preaching. So, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, really glad to have you. Thank you for coming. And I, I'm, I've got some uh, really good things to share with you today. We're going we're gonna to go to the book of Luke chapter 1 today. Luke chapter 1. This morning, and uh, we're going to look into this, uh, the beginning, I should say, of the Christmas story. But I, I want to say, Mark Winchell, where did he go? Did he leave? Okay, he left. Uh, he he did the, the Bible reading. I'm convinced. I, I, I know I personally would do this. If he did an audio Bible app, I would be listening to that thing all the time. Love the way that guy reads scriptures. It's fantastic. Very inspiring. So... Uh, anyway, so let's encourage him in that, huh? This doctor was uh, making, making rounds, and um, he uh, comes across a group of medical students, and so he points out this x-ray to them, and he says, you see uh, that the patient limps because his, his left tibula and tibia uh, are, fi- I'm sorry, fibula and tibia are, I'm not a doctor, are are radically arched. So, Michael, he says to one of the young med students, what would you do in a case like this? And Michael looks at the doctor and says, I suppose I'd limp too. (laughs) You're welcome. Luke 1, verse 26. Let's begin reading. we got a few verses to read. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, 
You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36, now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Can we all read that out loud right again? For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Can we say what she just said? Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Some things that I want to bring to you today from this passage of Scripture is no matter who you are, the Lord has favored you. Yes. Amen. No matter what troubles you face, yes. the Lord is with you. Yes. Right. And no matter what He has promised, He will do it. Yes. Father, yes. thank You for this time together in Your presence. Lord, it is good for us to be here in this moment. It's good for us to be in this place, gathered in the name of Jesus. Lord, there's... There's a special meeting with you here. There's, you, you manifest your, your presence to us and your ways to us in very special ways when we have a gathering like this. So we invite you to do what you want to do here. Do it in our hearts. Do it in our lives, God. And Father God, that you will affect us in such a way, Lord, that we will affect others around us, God, those in our community. Thank you for the word that brings us life. Your word says it is life to those who find it and it is health to all of their flesh. So we receive your word into our hearts. We open our lives wide open and say, plant the seed in us. Plant the seed of your word in us. Let it prosper in us today in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that, that you, along with your goodness, your grace, Lord, your word says that there are benefits in our connection with our God. David said, do not forget his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease. Thank you for that. So we remember and we receive all the benefits that come from the hearing and the believing of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. No matter who you are, the Lord has favored you. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them that. No matter who you are, the Lord has favored you. Look at verse 28. It says, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Favor is given by God and not earned by man. Mary is young. She's very young. Some scholars believe that she was as young as 12 or 13 years of age when this message came to her from this angel. Mary is lacking. She's poor in many ways because she comes to offer two doves. Because she couldn't, that was the poor person's offering of sacrifice if they couldn't afford a lamb. Mary's from Nazareth. Apparently, this little town had quite a reputation because when the 
uh, soon to be Apostle Nathaniel, was summoned to come and meet Christ. And they said, He comes from Nazareth. And he said, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Mary was chosen by God for the purpose of bringing Jesus into this world. She is certainly favored in that way. It's an amazing thing that God picked her out. Now listen, it was favor. said she was highly favored. It didn't mean that Mary specifically was, you know, better than anybody else. Because favor, as I said, just comes from God because that's what he wants you to have. It's not because you've done something right in his sight. It's because he's right. Because he's good and so he gives favor. And Mary just happened to be the recipient of this favor. And and the way that she responded to this angel was amazing. But he said, rejoice, O highly favored one. And Mary certainly deserves a place of honor in the kingdom of God. You know, some take it too far and some, some make too little of it. But the truth is always found in the middle. You know, we don't worship her and we certainly don't pray to her. We pray to the Father. Jesus said, you won't even pray to me. He said, you'll pray to the Father. I'm here to bring you in relationship with the Father, right? But we certainly don't act like that she's, we don't steer away from the extreme thought of worshiping her, holding her in some kind of place of almost the Godhead, but we certainly don't go too far on the other swing of the pendulum and say that, you know, this was basically, uh, she's just the average person out there because, no, she, she deserves honor. I mean, she, the moment she accepted what God said, being a, imagine the youth, imagine her in her youth. Imagine what she's about to face as a teenage mother who has an explanation about her pregnancy that sounds something like this, I'm having God's baby. So you know that she's going to be under a lot of scrutiny. And she's going to be under a lot of ridicule. And people are going to doubt her and they're going to call her a liar and all kinds of things. And she willingly says, be it unto me according to your word. Knowing that that's the stuff that she's going to face. But I, she's definitely a hero in the, in the kingdom of God. Amen. An amazing, an amazing woman. I mean, Jesus loved his mother so much, even in his dying breath, as John, his, his beloved friend, was there, the last apostle, the only apostle that was still there. The other ones had ran for their lives, but John was still there. And John's standing there next to Mary, and Jesus hands over the care of his mother to his friend John, who is the number one apostle. And it says, from that day forward, John took Mary into his house. So she's, she's not only special uh, in the kingdom of God, not only to Jesus, but she's, she's, she's special to even all the, those apostles and, and, and all of us. She, she needs she needs that honor. She deserves it. But God favored her. He said, the honor didn't come until she responded, though. See, until she said, yeah, I'll do this. And she took it upon herself to bring forth the Son of God into the world. It's a marvelous thing. You know, I I grew up uh, in southern Oklahoma uh, for my youth, my my younger part of my life, and uh, my parents had me at a very young age. They were... They were just out of 11th grade when I was born. Mom and dad are about the same age. And um, so I was basically raised by my grandparents the first year of 
I, I was here because my parents had to finish high school. And so I, spent, I was all day long at my grandparents' house, and we all lived in, the, in their home together, my parents and my grandparents. And, and my parents were just, they were just kids. And something about me being there opened my grandfather's heart to me where I could do no wrong in his sight. And so as my younger brother came a year later and then my sister a few years later, as we're growing up, I I started figuring this favor thing out, that he looked at me even different than he looked at my brother and my sister and even my other cousins. And um, so I started taking advantage of that favor. You would too. So don't act like... Don't act like I'm the only jerk in the building, all right? So, I mean, I could pick, and I would pick on my brother. Bless his heart. I'm, I'm surprised he still loves me today. But when we, when we, were, we were boys, and, and I would pick on him, and, and I would have him pinned down in the living room of my grandparents' house, and my grandfather would say, Brandon, leave your brother alone, right? As I'm on top of him, beating him, leave your brother alone. And it just drive my brother nuts, because I could do no wrong. I didn't learn that. That was just something that my grandfather, and I'm not saying he was right in doing that, but I sure happy that he chose me. But I want us to, I want you to look at something here. Listen to this. The word for favor here, or it says highly favored one, is the Greek word keratao, C-H-A-R-I-T-O-O, keratao, and it means to make graceful, charming, lovely, agreeable, to peruse with grace, to compass with favor, to honor with blessings. Wow, that's pretty awesome, huh? That's what the angel said to Mary. This is what God has given you. This is the kind of favor that is upon your life, that you have been perused with grace and you are honored with blessings. So that's an, that's an amazing thought, what he said to her. Um, and so when you, when you read that description of how God saw Mary, wow, that's extraordinary. And that certainly makes her special. But this word, this Greek word, keratao, uh, it's found its, its, its root in the Greek word charis, which means grace, unearned favor, undeserved favor, undeserved, unmerited, un, what is it? Unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor of God. Yes. We found it one other place. That's how special this word is. Only one other place in the scripture. There when he's talking to Mary. But then look at Ephesians chapter 1 with me if you would. Ephesians chapter 1. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Verse 5 having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us, say that's me, accepted in the beloved. He made us accepted. Now, who's us? That's all of us, right? That's anyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. The word accepted here is keratao. The very same highly favored message that was given to Mary has now, through Jesus Christ, been given to every one of you. 
all of you are favored just like Mary was. Wow. That's an awesome thought, huh? The same favor that was on the mother of Jesus is upon each and every one of you here today. No matter who you are, the Lord has favored you. Praise God. See what grace does? It puts us all on the same level playing field. Makes us all equal in the eyes of our God. That's why Paul said there's no, there's no black, white, brown, green, yellow, red. There's no male, no female. There's no Jew. There's no Greek. Not in the kingdom of God. No, you are all Christ's. Amen. In this kingdom, we all look the same. Why? Because we all look like him. We all have his righteousness. We all have his holiness. We all have his nature. Amen. Not, a, not one is above the other and not one is below. Now, look at verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And I've told you that this before. I just think that's an interesting answer to her question because she really needs to know how this is going to happen. She says, I know how it normally happens. I know how babies are conceived. That hasn't happened to me yet. So how is this going to happen? And then the angel says, well, he doesn't get scientific with her at all, does he? He says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And the power of the house is going to overshadow you. No, I don't think you understand my question. I said, how is this going to happen? What does that mean? That's a very vague answer, angel. The Holy Spirit and the power of the highest. That's how. The only way that it could explain it. Because what we understand from this answer is it's miraculous. That this is supernatural. We can't really put it in scientific terms. Not when it comes to God. Or we can just say there's power involved and the Holy Spirit involved. That's all you need to know. There's power and there's the Holy Spirit. That's how we're going to describe it. And then she said, being unto me. So understanding this, she didn't know how this would happen. She didn't understand because she's, she's trying to imagine it with her human mind. She's, in, she's engaged to be married, and how is she now going to explain this to Joseph? Uh, I, I mean, she, she even faces the possibility of stoning. And knowing that her child would face that scrutiny due to his mysterious conception. One of the names given to Jesus was Emmanuel, which means God with us. One of the great themes of the Old Testament is the concept of God living with his people, but Jesus is our Emmanuel. He is God with us. Your trouble is just another opportunity for you to see and experience just how great your God is. Because for every conceivable question, God has an answer. And there is no trouble in the world that is too great for you who have God on your side. I don't, have you heard this lately, that God is on your side? I'm here to remind you today, he's on your side. He ain't fighting you. He's on, he's on your side. He's fighting for you. Yeah. Amen. He's with you. And you're on the winning side. Know that he's with you right now, even in the middle of your trouble. He's not abandoning you because God will never do that. Trouble is just the reality of living in this world. But victory is the reality of Christ living in you. So now she says, how is this going to happen, God? I don't understand. I mean, we still wonder about that, right? 
I mean, we, we try to comprehend a virgin having a baby. I was telling the earlier service, I was in Mexico City, as a matter of fact, with Chris Quinones, Pastor Chris, and uh, we were doing a pastor's conference there a couple of years ago, and the pastor's son, his name is Jesse, who was a former student at Christ for the Nations, that's how I went there anyway, just through that connection, was telling us about his sister who, uh, who had been kind of shy and sharing her faith, and she's a pastor's kid, and you know, you'd think pastor's kids are automatically bold witnesses for Christ everywhere they go, but... Uh, they have their own struggles too. And so she's, you know, she's kind of, uh, well, she's just shy and she she not been bold to do that kind of thing. So one day, Jesse goes to pick her up from work. And when she gets in the car, she cannot wait to tell him. I mean, she's elated about this, this experience. She says, she said, I got to tell somebody about Jesus. She got, I told a lady about Jesus. And Jesse's like, oh, that's great, you know, because he'd encouraged her in that. And she said, yeah. She said, I'm so excited. She, he said, well, tell me about it. She said, well, I, I, I just started talking about God and talked about Jesus. And then and she said, the lady told me, she said, now, I, I don't believe that. She said, I, there ain't no way you can convince me that a virgin had a baby. And, she, and, and his sister said, well, and so I told her, no. Well, a virgin didn't have a baby. What are you talking about? She said, no, that, how in the world else could, have, could it have happened? I mean, Joseph and Mary had to, you know, uh, do that thing in order for Jesus to come. And, and, and of course, Jesse at this point is going, what? You told her that a virgin didn't have it? Well, yeah. He said, that's everything to what we believe. How have you been raised in church all your life and not believe the virgin birth? So they sent her to Bible college. <laughs> she could figure this thing out. But it's hard. It's hard to understand this kind of thing. And even to us who believe it, still we think, God, how in the world? But this is one of those moments where you have to say, Lord, this trouble is, uh, it, this is bigger than what I can comprehend and understand. But be it unto me according to your word. I want the experience of your word. Not only the experience of what I know. I want your word that transcends what I know. I want your word that transcends what this world can offer me. I want to live in that experience. Can I get a good amen today? Amen. To believe his word, it's going to take a leap of faith. Amen. But let me tell you something about the, the, that leap of faith or that step of faith. It's the greatest thing that you can do because there is only reward in faith. There's only risk in doubting. Hmm? There is no risk in faith. It's the sure thing, my family. It's the sure thing. Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world, the Scripture says. And the Scripture says that without faith, it's impossible to please Him. It also said that we're saved by grace through faith. So there's no risk in believing. There's only reward in believing. The risk comes in doubting. The risk comes in fearing. The risk comes in wondering. The risk comes in anxiety. And leaning on your own understanding, that's a very risky way to live. But faith is the assurance. It's the title deed. It's the substance of those things hoped for, and it is the evidence of things not seen. Be it unto me according to your word. I don't know how this is going to happen. I'm going to trust you, God. This trouble's bigger than me. This problem's way bigger than I can understand. But I know you know what to do. And so my hope, my faith, and my trust is in you. No matter what trouble you face, the Lord is with you. 
I want you to turn to somebody and say this to them. There's nothing in the world two people can't do as long as one of them is God and the other one is you. Amen. Look at verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. So no matter what God has promised, he will do it. God doesn't make promises and, and then hold out on that. No, 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 no. If he promised it, that means he's willing to do it. See, it's, 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 it goes beyond just God's capability. I don't think anybody here doubts God's ability. It's his willingness oftentimes is what we doubt. It's what we struggle with. God can heal, but will he? Hmm? So what he says, that with God, nothing shall be impossible. When Abraham finally got it, the scripture goes on to say in Romans, it said Abraham was completely persuaded, fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. We need to know that he can, but you also need to know that he will. He will do it. If God promises it, then he possibles it. <laughs> Listen to Joshua chapter 23 for a moment. Can we bring that scripture up? This is a great verse of scripture. Joshua, this is, this is he's, he's about to die. He's an old man, and he has done what he was supposed to do for God. And this is what he says to the children of Israel. Behold, this day I'm going the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. And I think if anything, if anybody will be honest when it comes to receiving God's promises and the reality of his promises in our lives, if we're really honest and if we're not experiencing those things, it's not because he failed. Because somewhere along the way, we got discouraged. Something happened and we stopped believing. We didn't see it soon enough and so we thought, well, maybe I'll just move on to something else. The problem is never with his word, and the problem is never with his promise. Because whatever he promises, he's faithful to perform it. God is faithful, and even when we are faithless, he remains faithful, the scripture says. So you can know that no matter what he's promised, the Lord will do it. This will help all of us to walk this walk of faith, even as those who went before us did, that imitate those who through faith and patience. Patience is not... Well, I'm just waiting, gritting my teeth. Patience isn't that. It's patience is, I don't care how long it takes. That's, what, that's all patience is. I don't care how long it takes. I'm willing to wait for it. I don't care how long it takes. I'm willing to wait for it. Amen. Because God's word is true. If it takes a week, takes a month, takes a year, I don't care. You know, one of the things that I, I personally have been been, been seeing happen in my life when it comes to this, the promises of God at work in my life. I've seen God do instantaneous things, and I like that. I wish he would do instantaneous things all the time. Wouldn't that be great if he just gave everything to you instantly? I'm not too sure we'd, we'd grow up if he did that all the time. But is, is when it, come, it comes to my, my eyesight. When I was in third grade, I got, 
these uh, Hubble telescopes for glasses. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's a good thing that we're, you're living in society, especially you young people, if you wear glasses. Some of you just go wear fake glasses all the time. That amazes me. Because when I was growing up, if you wore glasses, you got ridiculed. You got picked on. I mean, that, that was not a cool thing at all to have glasses. And so I faced a lot of ridicule as a kid. And not, not only did I have the largest glasses that they could possibly buy for me, and thick, especially this over this right eye, uh, I, mean, I mean, I could just look in an ant pile and just burn them up, just looking down at them. But I was also the smallest in my class. So... Look, something like that, what was that little bird's name that always goes around saying the Chicken Little? The sky's falling. Yeah, they got kind of a human version of Chicken Little. <laughs> and so, oh, I was always getting, I always want to get healed of that. You know, I don't want to wear glasses anymore. I hated being ridiculed. And, and so uh, every Sunday, I was, the pastor would always ask us to, you know, anybody who needs prayer, come forward. And I was always coming forward every Sunday, <laughs> get my eyes prayed for and, um, and so, I mean, they prayed for me, and, and, and uh, so this is something that I've just been, been standing on for years and just thanking God for my healing, and, and I've gone through contacts and contact, uh, glasses and contact lenses and all those kinds of things, but one thing that I've seen in God's faithfulness is just declaring His Word over my eyesight is that every time I have gone to the eye doctor to get a new prescription, the prescription has gotten less and less. The numbers, it, it, I improve every time. I have it, I have it am, I, am I right? Every time, the, the prescription is better. And the glasses get thinner and thinner. I don't have that Coke bottle. Uh, but I, it's just one of those things I used to think, why don't you just finish this thing? But I'm learning something personally about his faithfulness and just continuing to believe his word and seeing that this word, his word works. It really works. As gradual as this has been since third grade to, to now, which has been about 10 or 12 years, um, I've, seen, I've seen improvement. As a matter of fact, the last time I went, which was last year to the eye doctor, he told me, because uh, I, I, you know, in my 40s at this point, he says, uh, he says I, I was thinking about, he said, because usually guys of your age usually, you know, get like the bifocal glasses. He says, but you don't need them. He says, your eyes are strong. And uh, my younger brother, now he wears those bifocal glasses. So I like to make fun of him on that, you know. Have no, but I've, I've, I've seen God's faithfulness. And my brother told me, he goes, yeah, but you've, been, you've, been, you've had faith for your eyes since you were in the third grade. He goes, I'm just starting, man. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> God is faithful to his promise. He yeah. is not a liar, and he's, he's, he, he will watch over his word to perform it. All he needs you to do is believe it. All he needs you to do is believe his promise. Because if he promised it, he will do it. Hmm? No matter who you are, God has favored you. No matter what tr troubles you face, God is with you. And no matter what God has promised you, he will do it. So believe that today. Believe that today. Did it happen? Yes, it happened. The virgin conceived, and she bore a son and called his name Jesus. And this Jesus, who was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us, God in the flesh, came to save us from our sins, and he did. He died 
for our sins and he was buried and God raised him from the dead the third day so that whoever believes on him will have everlasting life. That's the favor that has come to all of us. God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself, not holding their sins against them. I'm grateful to God for that. Let that good news bless you this season. God doesn't hold your sins against you. Uh, if he did, he would be unjust. If he did, he'd be unjust. He blamed Jesus for all of our sins. Hallelujah. So that we could at this time in our lives be free from that judgment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you bore our judgment. Thank you that you died for our sins. Thank you that today we're free in you. We're free from the tyranny of sin and death. Hallelujah. That, 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 that law of sin and death that was looming over mankind now has been broken. Because what that one man, Adam, brought... Death came by that one man's sin, but Lord Jesus, you, by this one man, Jesus Christ, you brought an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness so that we can reign in life. Thank you, Lord, for that. And that where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. Thank you that you favor us, God. Thank you that we are highly favored in your sight today because of Jesus. Thank you that it is you who live in us. And wherever we go, you are with us. As Paul said, in him we live and move and have our being. Thank you for that. Lord, I just thank you for peace over every family that's represented here. Peace in this season, God. In this season of giving. In this season when we remember, hallelujah, the dawn of redeeming grace came. Thank you, Lord, and Jesus was born, and Jesus lived, and Jesus died, and Jesus rose again. Thank you for that great story, God. It's on you that we put all of our trust. You're our only hope, but that hope is an anchor for our soul, sure and steadfast. And I thank you, Father God, for the opportunities that you give us, even during this time, to share this great news with others around us, God, who so desperately need to hear the message of hope, glad tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.